0: Welcome you all once again to this morning uh, gospel worship service from Grace Reformed Baptist Church, Koforidia, Ghana. And we are happy to come once again before the Lord with you as we worship. This part also forms an integral part of the worship. Worship as it is. We have learned that worship supposed not to be Uh, a a segment at a church meeting where five or four minutes or more will be given, where one will be raising his hand or people will be raising their hands and be like in the way, closing the eyes and changing the tempo of the song or whatever is being sung making it so slow so that people will be emotionally charged, meaning and thinking that this is the time of worship. But we beg to differ as we continue learning. We have learned that all that we do before the presence of the Lord on this day, his day, forms part of the worship as a whole. So as we pray to begin, as we sing, as we read the scriptures and as we hear the preaching, it is all part. Even the offering should be part of the worship in the whole world. So we thank the Lord to be at this um, segment where we hear his word. And we will be speaking by the aid of the Lord on Acts 1 verse 8. And as we informed you last week, that concerning the one that we had in series, concerning the same Jesus, last week was the last part of that sermon or the message. It's supposed to be one, but we divided it for the sake of time. And today we want to talk, even though it relates about the Holy Spirit proper, And the proper work of the Holy Spirit or the acts of the Holy Spirit. And we know that when Christ rose again, He made the disciples and He promised them to go and meet him at Jerusalem. And there he promised them of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will aid them to continue the work of which He came, and then He was going. So indeed, we will see all these things that proud to his ascension Lord Jesus Christ made them and he promised them even before he ascended up and he promised them the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 he had already in John 14 26 promised that he would not leave them but he would bring a comforter. So he promised a, a comforter, a helper to be with them in his absence. And that Comforter will be sent in his name. The Comforter will come in Christ's name. And uh, he reiterated that the Holy Ghost will come in the um, 8th verse of us chapter 1. And thereafter the Holy Ghost has, uh, has come upon them. They shall receive power. And after that they have received power. They shall be witnesses unto him in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That means throughout all the world, where man is found, wherever man is found, on the mountain or in the valley, wherever. Across the sea, near and far, they will be preaching up to that point. So we must bear in mind that if this risen Lord who went up said that I will be with you Always it means that he is still around, and this confirms that the Lord still lives, He lives on, He lives again, and He ever lives. As we tackled this uh, title the previous week, that He lives again. Christ ever lives, He has always been there, and he will continue to be there. But previously, we should bear in mind that this same Christ said in John 14, verse 8, that I will not leave you comfortless. I will leave you with an an helper or a helper. I will come to you. That is what he said. And if you went further, a few verses ahead, what uh, we realize, that the Holy Ghost will be sent in his name. What does this mean, or Prince? In our minds, is that the Lord Jesus Christ who died, was buried, and rose again, is still around with us, is present with us, he's around. Indeed, and that affects, and it deepens also the belief, it deepens the faith and the confidence that he continues to live he lives again and now we would like to consider a few things under this discourse or with this discourse how the holy ghost worked through these chosen apostles of christ whoever lives he promised them a helper hence our theme a helper is promised a helper is promised. A helper promised. He promised them a helper. A helper promised, if you like. A helper promised. We are going to merely look at the acts or the works of the Holy Spirit because it is very, very relevant. After Christ's departure or departing this earth, is that the end of all that he came to do? no he came and he was cut short as it was prophesied but his work ever leaves he implanted his work his mission into his chosen 12 apostles or his chosen disciples that was the king with all the 12 and he was going to work through them that means they will continue from where he pushed so that is all it means and before they can do this they need power from the Holy Spirit, power from the Lord Himself. So quickly we want to inform ourselves that this book of Acts, as it is normally referred to as the Acts of the Apostle, it can also apostles can also be referred to as the acts of the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit that worked through the chosen men of the Lord Jesus Christ. So The the, work that they did, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. So it was the Holy Spirit that worked through them. That is why we want to find out the real works or the arts of the Holy Spirit and to compare and to deduce how the Holy Spirit works. And I trust that we'll be clever in finding out what the Holy Spirit is able to do, what the Holy Spirit will not do. What the Holy Spirit is not, or what the Holy Spirit, or who the Holy Spirit is, who, and what he will not do, then he will never find out these. We start or will begin with the visions found in the the text before us, Acts chapter one, verses eight. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the outermost parts of the earth. So, this is the promise given to them that the Holy Spirit will come, and then they will be witnesses after that they have received power. And here we have our divisions, and we are able. To have three divisions in this uh, verse to help us uh, um, understand or speak forth based on this our test, the Lord Jesus Christ and His word concerning the kingdom of God, the gospel. And so we realize in the test, as of the one verse 8, that what we firstly realizes the reception of power and helper will come and the first thing we see we highlight here is reception of power Ye shall receive power Ye shall receive power and the second thing we must note is that the usefulness of the power the importance of that power that will be given to them, the usefulness of that power. What will they do with this power? What is the importance of this power? What is the need for this power? Because he said, you shall, you shall what? be witnesses unto me. So the usefulness of this power is to have them be witnesses unto him, the Lord they will witness, they will testify about him. Without this Holy Spirit, it and his power, they will not be able. So we also note the third reason for bringing the power to them is that the expanding sphere of their witness, they will expand their catchment area they will start from a place and they will continue from another place and they will continue, continue, and they will go throughout the world. So it says that in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth, of the world, if you like. So these are our divisions under which we want to think about this. Uh, Sermon or message uh, for these few minutes that is set before us. So, firstly, reception of power. So you shall receive power. What is this kind of power? As many of us know, this is the Dunamis power. Power here means that they would be enable an, an they will receive enablement. This power means that they will be authenticated. They will be given the authority so that they will be aided by the spirits. So this is the power. We quickly note what this power is not meant for. Firstly, what this power is not meant for, it is not for magical... (coughs) powers for showmanship. It is not. They will not possess some power to perform magical displays as we often see in our era, in our day. It is not power that will, will enable us to do wonderful things, to project ourselves that will be carried shoulder high. People will be hailing us and be singing praises to us because we have been able to perform some magical works. That is so wonderful. Which seems to be a miracle, which of course is not. A miracle is supposed to be something that has gone contrary to law of nature, but these things are not. Someone said it's hurt, and right now you cannot feel the pain again. What is it about? So people do a lot of things, and this power is not meant for that. What this power is meant for is that after that they have received this power, this enablement, the aid from the Holy Spirit, they shall have strength from the Lord to do what to preach, to preach the mission of which he came. And he died and rose again. He was buried and rose again. And to work miracles to confirm, miracles to complement the preaching of the kingdom, miracles to explain the preaching of the kingdom and of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Miracles that will relate to what they preach. They will preach a uh, heartbreaking message, so that when once here, he will ask himself, men and brethren, so what must we do to have internal life? This is a kind of power they will have. This is what the power that will be given to them will do through them. We must not quickly again, under this reception of power that this power is a spiritual power. They will be filled spiritually from above. And they will be bold. After that, the spirit has filled them. So they were bold indeed. They will be courageous. So that amidst all oppositions, amidst all the persecutions, and in the midst of the enemies of the cross, so they'll be able to stand and preach the word of the lord in all troubles and challenges they will not be wearied. they will not be brought down they will not despair but they will continuously be preaching the word of god so the reception of the power means that after that they have received the power they will be bold they will have confidence And they will be able to stand amidst all troubles that they will be faced with. So number two, the usefulness of the power. You shall witness unto me. Why are they going to be given this power from the Holy Spirit? Is it power for showmanship? No. Is it power for projection of oneself? So that people who have their preachers even bigger than Christ, than of Christ, people's names will be mentioned than that of Christ. So that people taking the leadership of the churches will now be in place of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they will be made gods of the people. No. Is it for deception? That to deceive people and to ruin people's life? No. Is it for falsehood? Is it for abusing people, especially women? No. Is it for a holy bathing of females? No. Is it for charlatanism? That people claim to be performing what is not, that they are fooling everyone, especially those who are ignorant. It is not. It is not for that reason that the power was given. Is it for acrobatic display or gymnastic display? No. Here you see people in the name of the Lord doing so many, so kinds of, uh, gymnastic or acrobatics in the church claiming that the spirit and the anointing has come upon them and here you see a lot of negative and funny things happening in the church you see crazy things going on is it for that? No now what is it for? It is to testify of him it must be yeah, personal testimony about Christ, to testify about Christ, the personal knowledge of Christ that they heart. So they testified indeed. For example, number one, John says, From the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen, what we have looked upon with our eyes, what we have touched with our hands, is what we declare unto you and we witness to you. They were with him, and remember that when he rose again, he told them that all oh, that the scriptures from Psalms, the, uh, the 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 law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms spoke about me, or all that they prophesied, it was about me. And so, therefore, you have seen, and you are going to be my witnesses, and therefore go. After that, I have gone to preach and preach repentance and remission of sin. They were with him. So this is the testimony John declared. John said that, oh, from the beginning we were with him. We heard him and we believed on him. We saw him and we went to him. We left all. After that, we have heard the gospel from him. We left all our nets. And our canoes, brethren. Do you imagine, or can you imagine this? That after that they heard the word, it pricked their heart. They trusted in him, and they left their family. They left their business. Perhaps they were thinking of expanding their business. They were thinking of rebranding, and to develop themselves more with the fishing work. But when they heard the Lord Jesus Christ they found out that the life in him is far better than the life they will have in this world. So they left all, and they followed him. They walked with him, and they heard him speak, and they heard him preach. They handled, they touched him. They ate with him, and they believed that he was the Savior, and he is the Savior, and he will be forever the Savior of the whole world, whoever believes in him. And therefore, Nanda is not around. They have been charged to go The passage we read in Acts chapter 1 that we realize that it was recorded that he commanded them to go and preach, but they will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So John, the power is for what? To testify about him. It is not for any magical or strange things for people to believe in men. And all that people will come out to say, is uh, in, in the name of prophecy that they prophesied about uh, two uh, two teams in the soccer match the one that will win the Lord Jesus came and he called disciples and the prophets of the Lord that the Lord worked with them went about telling people about matches and those who win and then they also tell people about the president's uh, the president, the election, the, uh, the president, or the the people uh, <laughs> contesting the election, those who come out winners and those who lose. Is that the the, the call of the Lord? The call of the Lord is, is a high calling, it's, 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 it's a heavenly call for an all important reason all-important mission that man has fallen heavily and the fall has disfigured man and man is beyond recognition man has now soiled himself man is now not in his innocent uh, state again he has fallen short of the glory of God and the Lord wants to restore him back through this Christ who came that by believing on him, the Lord's anger will be appeased, and he will restore all those who humbly believe and trust and repent from their sins. This is the call. This is why the Lord called the disciples, that they will send forth this message to all people who believe. This is why they were called, for serious business of the kingdom of the Lord. Now, Peter again, remember that the power is to testify of him who called them, So Peter also testified and says that we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We were the witnesses of all things which he did, both among the Jews and Jerusalem, until they harmed him. We ate with him after his resurrection. And he asked us to preach unto the people. First Peter chapter 1, 16 to 18, as 10:36 to 43. So Peter stood and proclaimed, and he propagated the gospel, and he exclaimed to them that we were with him. We have believed him that he came from God. And he is God Himself in the flesh. And through the Holy Spirit. He enables us to preach and to testify about the reason why he came. We witness all that he did. And he did, he was sent from above for a particular and all important task. And that is what he has asked us to do to preach. And so therefore the apostles testified about him. Not about not only these two apostles, but the rest also testified about him. That's why the power was given to them. Oh, brethren, we must understand this. It is very simple. If we open our hearts, if we empty our hearts, the Lord will put his word into our heart and will understand it and make Christianity so glorious than how we see it now, that people have crept in on our ways and they have turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. You see all sort of negative things going on in the place supposed to be a worshiping place of the Lord, full of entertainment and profanity and even nudity. Oh, pray that the Lord will touch your heart so that you will attend to his word. They shall receive power not in vain, but they shall testify of him. What are they going to testify? They shall, number one, Testify of his life. He lived a sinless life. He lived an exemplary life. He lived a holy or a holy life. He lived without a God from his mouth. He lived sinless life. They must testify of him what again, number two, or B, is a miracles, clear miracles, to explain the reason why he came that he healed the lame man, meaning that uh, we have been crippled by sin. We cannot go to our God. Healing the blind man also informs us how blindfolded we have been by this word and the devil so that we cannot see the good things that the Lord has for us and how the Lord wishes we see. So his miracles teaches us the lesson that he was preaching. Again, to preach about his death. That his death means that all that believe he died so that we will be alive. So he died to exchange our eternal death. Under the anger and the wrath of God, he died to replace us. He died and rose again, meaning that all that believe in him will die, but yet they will rise again and be with him. Again, to preach, number four, or D, is resurrection. That is, indeed, he resurrected. So they must preach. And people have argued that Christ did not resurrect. People do not want to believe. But of course, maybe they must not be blamed because they didn't see it is believed by faith. But these apostles saw him. Peter saw him. After that, he has risen up again. John also saw him, and many others, and 500 of them also saw him. It could be that not everybody saw them I saw him. So they would argue and doubt, but because they saw him, they were asked to go and tell the rest, the whole world. Even as we speak now in our era, we haven't seen him, but we must believe because of faith. May the Lord give us the grace of faith. To believe that indeed the Lord has an eternal plan through which He unfolded it through Christ in the flesh, and He died to mean that He will receive us again because His wrath and anger has been appeased. We were not there, but we must live by faith. We must live in this uh, uh, to profess faith in Him. We must live with this. Uh, professing faith or saving faith number three perhaps the final point now that our test uh, verse 8 of us chapter the one div- uh, device for us the third division or third point expanding sphere of their witness this fear means the space the place they need to send the word they will start from Jerusalem and they will go to all Judea and Samaria and unto, uttermost, unto the uttermost part of the earth. So here we are talking about the, the catchment areas. They must extend the catchment area. So Jerusalem. And did it, it is so interesting and wonderful. If you are able to sit down patiently, and read the book of us and follow the promise that the Lord gave to them. So the word of God does not contradict itself at all, it is planned and it follows sequentially. And it did happen exactly. If you go through us, it said that go to Jerusalem and wait for me. And the promise of the Holy Spirit will come. And Jerusalem, they receive it. Even as we go through the book of us, we will follow all this and see, I know you can read, so please have time to read yourself. We have chaos in Christianity and in the worshiping of God because we fail to read, even though we are not illiterate. But we don't have time to read. If you read without contacting any literature or gospel literature at all. By you take your time and be reading the scriptures, you will see many things, as one of our senior pastors has said before. And it's true, you will see so many wonderful things being obscured to you, concealed because you are not reading. And we will have more revelations, not new ones, but even there. And we will be able to uncover them. It is beautiful when you are following this from Jerusalem. And they said, In all Judea or Judea and in Samaria, and then from there to all the uttermost parts of the world. So this is the promise of the Holy Ghost. But as we move further, we will meet the actions and functions or functions of the spirit proper. Meanwhile, there's supposed to be a big question to all of us. And the question is that, as this Spirit that the Lord Jesus promised come upon you, I'm talking about what, I'm not talking about what some people refer to as receiving the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit baptism. And as I've said before, if, because he said they have received the Holy Spirit, they begin to say certain things that uh, it is known or termed as Jewish. Because it really doesn't make sense as a language. And they do that in the name of what the Lord has promised. Meaning that it is a confirmation of one becoming a Christian. It is not. I'm talking about the Spirit coming to confirm you. After that, you said you have genuinely believed. Because uh, Ephesians 1.13 says that after that he had believed the gospel, he was sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit seals the one that truly and genuinely believes, places faith in the Lord, sees his state, and realizes that he needs a Savior. The Holy Spirit comes to, to, to him or indwells him to his heart to confirm him that, He is a child of God. He is one with God. He has been born from above. He is born of God. Therefore, he has beats or he demonstrates the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. What Christ would have done is what he does in all situations. He thinks more about God, he concentrates. On the word of God, he thinks about salvation. He thinks about heavens and thinks about a judgment to come. He thinks about heavenly things and not things on this earth. And he wants always to do more than he is doing. He wants to be godly all the time. He wants, he thinks that he owes God. He owes God. And as he's quiet, not doing anything, not living a life uh, worthy of a Christian, he's always owing more. And he is not able to pay, he becomes so worried. The work of the Spirit is that you will not be free with, when you are living in uh, impureness, when you are living in sin. The work of the Holy Spirit is that you will not be free if you are not preaching the word to others. So I'm talking about the Holy Spirit that sees. That confirms us. After that, we have believed. Have you received that power to testify of Him? Anyone that claims, anyone that beats his chest, that I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, supposed to be a disciple, who learns from Christ, a disciple also is sent to preach the word. Are you truly a Christian? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Are you a disciple? Then do and live as the disciples did and lived. To receive that power to witness to people about him, you must start at where the disciples also started. They were our pattern. The disciples, apostles of Christ, is the pattern of the church and the people of the church. Where did they start? Look at them when they were not uh, converted. And after that, they have become converted. And what the Holy Spirit did to them when they were not converted. They heard the word and faith cometh by hearing christ was preaching and they heard and they trusted him they denied themselves totally that is where we must also start have you met him have you sincerely cleaved to him have you to him you must do because it's important for your never dying soul. do this even today go to him ask him and beg of him to forgive your sins repent And ask him to save you, and he will. We will sing our last hymn.